Scientists are using tiny clumps of human brain cells to develop a new way to study how human genes might cause autism and other neurodevelopmental disorders. Research published in the journal Nature describes how the clumps of cells develop into brain-like structures that scientists experiment on with gene editing techniques. This is Pulse Check. I'm Kelly Hooper. While many U.S. medical organizations support gender-affirming care for minors, like puberty-blocking drugs, hormone treatments, and surgery, GOP lawmakers point to progressive Europe as an example of limiting or barring access to care. In reality, the countries Republicans have cited, Sweden, France, Norway, and the U.K., are only tightening eligibility criteria and have not banned care outright like Russia. The reassessment of standards in some European countries has aimed to tighten eligibility for gender-affirming care, but also sought to expand research studies, including minors. Catalin Carrico and Drew Weissman have been awarded the Nobel Prize in Medicine for their work on messenger RNA technology, which enabled the development of the first vaccines against COVID-19. The two scientists discovered how to alter mRNA so that it wasn't immediately detected by the body's immune system and could deliver its payload to the target cells. Their discovery laid the groundwork for mRNA vaccines, which pharmaceutical companies now use to focus on different diseases, including the flu, tuberculosis, HIV, Zika, and various types of cancer. And Congress secured a last-minute deal to continue government funding for 45 days and prevent a government shutdown that would have disrupted health services and programs. Politico healthcare reporter Ben Leonard is here with more details on what's ahead for healthcare. Thanks for having me. So in a turn of events of sorts, Congress passed a last minute funding patch over the weekend to keep the government open. Can you just start off by walking us through what happened there? Yeah, so the overwhelming consensus had been for weeks that Congress was barreling towards a shutdown and it seemed like there was no real path forward. Speaker Kevin McCarthy had been working with the more conservative members in his caucus to try to get them on board with the funding deal. But at the last minute on Saturday, when things appeared to be headed towards a shutdown a day before the deadline, McCarthy brought forward a clean stopgap CR or continuing resolution. And more than 200 House Democrats ended up joining on and it sparked this sort of rebellion from some on the far right, including Matt Gates. And what is in that continuing resolution as it relates to healthcare? This continuing resolution that lawmakers came together to pass would basically continue government funding for 45 days, including a bunch of health programs and keeping government agencies running at current levels through November 17th. The package keeps funding going for community health centers and avoids temporarily at least significant cuts for safety net hospitals. It also keeps funding flowing for the National Health Service Corps and Teaching Health Center Graduate Medical Education Program. It also extends the Special Diabetes Program and extends authorities for the National Disaster Medical System to request federal workers be moved to support public health emergency responses. So in the days leading up to the shutdown, we were hearing a lot about, you know, what could have happened if the government did shut down. So what did we avoid here? What are some of the things that would have happened if there had been a shutdown? 
So if there had been a shutdown, some things would still have continued, like Medicare, Medicaid checks would keep being sent, and clinical trials and the exchanges would still be able to run, but HHS would have to furlough nearly half of its workforce, including three quarters of staff at the NIH. Community health centers had been concerned that the shutdown could force their workers to leave for other jobs because of the uncertainty. There could have been a lot of downstream effects on healthcare, but obviously those have been averted for now. And so looking forward, this continuing resolution that they passed, you know, it was a short term fix, but longer term, what are we looking at? What can we expect to see happen here next? So it's not quite clear yet what's going to happen in terms of a longer term spending deal. We're going to have to see what happens this week. First, Matt Gates has pledged to put forward this motion to vacate, essentially in a bid to kick out McCarthy from his job as speaker this week for working with Democrats to fund the government. It's unclear how that's going to shake out and what will happen there. But you know we're going to have to wait for that to resolve, essentially, before lawmakers really start to dig in more on this question of a longer term solution. Well, a lot to pay attention to this week and the coming weeks. Thanks so much for walking us through what's happened so far. And thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be a wild week. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Felton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Kelly Hooper. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>